The following programming is sponsored by the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or Beasley Media Group. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Positively Pro-Life, a podcast brought to you by the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. Positively Pro-Life brings you inspirational stories, important legislative updates, and informative interviews as we restore and strengthen a culture of life. I'm Maria Gallagher, the Legislative Director for the Federation. My colleague, Bonnie Finnerty, is away at a conference today. So often in the abortion debate and abortion decision, men are made to feel like they have no voice. Our guest today is working to change that. Andy Griffith of Pro-Life Man is here to talk about his mission to not only help men find their voice, but to also find post-abortion healing. In addition, my legislative update for today will focus on the Veterans Administration expanding coverage to include abortion on demand. But first, we will begin with some pro-life inspiration. This week's comes from an article written by our former staff member, Micaiah Bilger, and appeared on Life News, and I'm going to read from the report. A Detroit, Michigan pro-life advocate refused to give up hope when she found out she had terminal breast cancer while pregnant with her youngest son. Jessica Hanna told EWTN News that she has been passionate about the pro-life issue ever since she was young, and her pregnancy last year challenged her to put her beliefs into action. It was just a journey of, wow, now you've talked the talk, the pro-life talk. Now you've become the woman everybody uses in their arguments. What if the woman's life is in danger, Hannah said. And now it's time for me to walk the walk. Even though several doctors advised her to have an abortion, Hannah chose life. A Catholic, she prayed and asked people on social media to pray too, and eventually was healed of cancer, according to the report. Before getting pregnant with her son, Hannah said she noticed a dent in her breast and went to the doctor. However, the doctor misdiagnosed it, saying the abnormality was benign, according to the report. Less than a month went by, and Hannah discovered she was pregnant. At an appointment with her OBGYN, she said she asked the doctor to look at the dent again, and the doctor determined that it was cancerous. At 14 weeks of pregnancy, Hannah said she learned that she likely had terminal cancer. Her tumor was 13 centimeters, and doctors believed the cancer probably was spreading to other parts of her body. She said she sought opinions from approximately 10 different doctors, and more than one advised her to have an abortion. But it was not necessary at all, she said. My prognosis didn't change. My treatment plan did not change, pregnant or not pregnant. Many people are not aware chemotherapy can be actually quite safe during pregnancy. I chose the middle road that I would do some chemotherapy and some modifications. Hannah gave birth to a healthy baby boy, the first miracle. Then doctors discovered that the chemotherapy had worked and she was in remission. Another miracle, she told EWTN. And if not for her son, Thomas, 
Hannah said, she might not be alive. And now to our legislative update. This is from a news release from National Right to Life. The Biden administration announced that it would expand abortion on demand through the Department of Veterans Affairs in violation of Section 106 of the Veterans Healthcare Act of 1992, which specifically prohibits the VA from providing abortion. The new rule announced on Friday includes a broad undefined health exception that would allow abortion for virtually any reason. National Right to Life opposes the new rule. The Biden administration is once again pushing taxpayer funding of abortion on demand, said Carol Tobias, president of National Right to Life. Abortion is not health care, and this rule is in clear violation of existing law. In a recent CNN interview, VA Secretary Dennis McDonough was asked, will the VA take this measure and allow abortion services at VA hospitals, even in states where abortion is banned? Secretary McDonough replied, we're going to make sure that they, the veterans, have access to the full slate of that care because that's what we owe them. Despite current federal law and regulations, the Biden administration has made every effort to promote and pay for abortion on demand using taxpayer money, stated Tobias. On the issue of abortion, President Biden has demanded a radical whole of government response. And now to our guest. Andy Griffith is an EMT firefighter who works at a university hospital and is the founder and president of Pro-Life Man. Andy founded Pro-Life Man in 2018 to engage men in the abortion discussion, to encourage men to be a voice for the voiceless, to call men to stand up for the weak, and to be a resource for men grieving the loss of an unborn child. Welcome, Andy. Thanks so much for having me. So good to be with you today. Andy, what is the mission of Pro-Life Man? Yeah, so we actually have two main missions. Number one is to encourage men to be a voice for preborn sons and daughters. And on that mission, we purposely use that language of preborn sons and daughters because we feel that it helps rehumanize the child in the womb. It's also scientifically accurate that at the moment of conception, it is a son or a daughter. Um, and also kind of in the back of your mind, it instills the fact that a man is also involved because every single son and daughter uh, has both a mother and a father. And so we are very purposeful in using that language of encouraging men to be a voice for preborn sons and daughters. And then our second mission is to provide help and healing for men grieving abortion. When I first launched Pro-Life Man, this second mission was nowhere on my radar. Uh, I had no clue that one day we would be doing this. Uh, but as time went on, um, both God impressed upon me and then also just men reaching out to us, I realized that this was a need of ours. And after uh, uh, one night praying, God put this on me that we needed to provide uh, help and healing for men grieving abortion. And I remember waking up the next morning thinking, you know, kind of like Moses saying, God, you got the wrong guy. There's, there's, there's a different guy out there. Choose this other guy. But it's not me because I felt that I wasn't post-abortive. So what could I have to offer these men? Um, but also, I'm more of the analytical, intellectual type of brain, and I don't have a whole lot of sympathy and empathy, and uh, or it's harder for me to have sympathy and empathy for others. 
And so I'm like, you know, how can I help counsel these men if, if I lack those traits? Um, but like God often does, he confirmed three times that day uh, that this was something that we needed to do. Uh, first, a local pregnancy center called and asked if we provided uh, counseling for post-abortive uh, men because a man had just walked in their door asking for these services. Uh, a couple hours later, I received an email from a man describing his pain and anguish uh, being post-abortive. And then a couple hours after that, later that afternoon, I was on a local radio show and there was three other men on the show with me and two of the three men were post-abortive. And uh, they both said, you need to pursue this. You need to offer these services for men because we do grieve. Uh, we do go through substantial anguish and pain after losing a child to abortion. Uh, so those are our two uh, main missions at ProLife, ma'am. That's just remarkable. And um, I think that you're filling an important void. And, and what prompted you to start this whole venture to begin with? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, long story short, I felt that I needed to do more uh, as a man. I needed to do more. I've, I've really always been pro-life my entire life, um, but I've always been on the sidelines. And, you know, I've always heard people say, oh, write your senators. And, uh, you know, I wrote my senators plenty of times, but I'm in Michigan with uh, currently two very pro-abortion senators, and they don't care about my letter to them crying about, uh, you know, my pro-life desires, and they probably don't even read my letter, and if they do, it definitely promptly goes in the trash can, and so I just felt um, kind of powerless and somewhat hopeless in this fight to personally get involved. I felt an urging to personally get involved, but I didn't see where I could fit in. And so I decided to do a Google search and start searching for pro-life men's groups because I, again, I wanted to do more and I wanted to find a men's group to join, to be a part of. And I wasn't finding anything. Um, all my searching, I spent about two, two and a half hours searching and I found no group. Um, I was aware of uh, the Knights of Columbus and the pro-life work that they can be a part of, including providing ultrasounds for pregnancy centers, uh, but I'm personally not Catholic. And so I just didn't feel like it was a good fit for me. So I spent hours searching for pro-life men's group to join and, and I don't find anything. So then I thought to myself, oh, I, I know what's happening. Google is suppressing my search results. And so I just started going directly into the web address bar and typing in names of websites that I thought to me made sense that they would be in existence. And so the first website I actually typed in was prolifeman.com. And to my surprise, there was nothing there. And then I thought, oh, I know, Live Action and Students for Life, they all use .org, they don't use .com. And so I went to prolifeman.org. And once again, there was nothing there. And I was incredibly shocked that there wasn't already an organization called Pro Life Man out there in existence. Uh, to me, it just made sense that it would already be there. And so I began searching some other things and came up empty handed and I circled back to prolifeman.org. And I went to that website again, thinking maybe the first time it just failed to load, maybe I was having an internet glitch. And, uh, and of course, once again, there was nothing there. And I did see a little ad in the lower right-hand corner of the website that said, uh, buy this domain, buy this empty domain for $17 for the year. And on a whim, I didn't know what I was gonna do with it, but I just decided to buy it. I thought, oh, 17 bucks, that's a, that's a you know, low risk investment, low dollar investment. And I remember I, I did it at work on my lunch break. And I remember coming home and telling my wife, well, hey, uh, I bought a website today. And, you know, of course she looks at me bewildered and, and like I'm crazy. And she says, well, what did you do that for? And I said, well, I don't know. She said, well, what are you gonna do with it? And I said, well, I don't know. She said, well, then why did you buy it? And I didn't have an answer for it. I, I'm not sure, but I just felt led to buy it. 
And uh, so as I decided, you know, and contemplated, well, what, what can I do with this website? I thought, well, here I am, a man struggling to find a, a men's group to join, to be a part of, um, to follow on social media and follow what they're doing. And I thought, I can't be the only one. And so, you know what, if it's not there, then I'm going to put it out there myself. And so I started in uh, May of 2018, launched a very simple website, launched a Facebook page at that time as well. And I thought, well, one thing that I can do is I can encourage other men to be no longer silent. That's actually one of our taglines at Pro-Life Man is to be no longer silent on the topic of abortion. And so that's how it all started, just me posting daily or every other day, um, either arguments or reasons that I think men uh, should, should speak up in this topic. I want to encourage other men to be no longer silent. And later that year in 2018, I decided to make this official organization. I followed with the state and the federal government. And in 2019, the beginning, I formed a board and we got our 501c3 nonprofit status as well. That's wonderful. Now, how did you come to hold your pro-life beliefs? Yeah, like I said, I've pretty much been pro-life um, my entire life. I don't really remember a, a time thinking or converting to pro-life beliefs. It just always made sense to me, even since I was a teenager, um, that what is in the womb is a human being and it shouldn't be killed and it should be protected. So this is even before I became a Christian. And I will say before I was a Christian, I was pro-life. I was like the personally pro-life guy. You know, I would never want an abortion. I would never encourage an abortion. But, you know, I'll never tell a woman what to do with her body. Oh, God, no, that's the worst thing I could ever do is tell a woman what to do with her body. And I also um, was convinced by the exception arguments, you know, rape, incest, and life of the mother. Um, but shortly after um, converting to Christianity, I knew right away that I had to be 100% pro-life uh, without any exceptions, because after all, if it's a baby, then it's a baby, no matter the circumstances of, of its conception. And um, yeah, and I've been holding strong to those 100% uh, pro-life without exception beliefs ever since. And uh, that was about 14 years ago when I converted to Christianity. Why would a man want to join Pro-Life Man? Yeah, so um, there's really not much to join at the moment. Um, the biggest thing that we do is we help encourage men to attend pro-life events, pro-life rallies, um, to uh, speak up for pro-life legislation in their state, and of course, speak out against uh, pro-abortion legislation in their state and, and activities in their state. And so the best thing they can do is go to our website, prolifeman.org and they can sign up for our newsletter and we'll keep them abreast and up to date of all these events. Um, and then also they can follow us on social media, on Facebook, um, Instagram, and Twitter. What advice would you have for a man dealing with post-abortion trauma? Yeah, so the biggest advice I would say is, is reach out to someone, whether that's your local pastor or your priest uh, or a trusted friend, reach out, talk about it. Um, Again, we know, we hear from uh, men every single year from all across the country, and, and we know the, the grief and the anguish that's there. Uh, I just heard from a, a man several weeks ago. Uh, he's in his 80s, and he is 73 years post-abortive, and he confessed to us that he doesn't go a day without thinking about the loss of that child. And 70, uh, uh, sorry, I said 73 years. I meant 53 years post-abortive. Um, and he thought eventually he would get over it. And here he is 53 late, 53 years after that abortion and he still can't get over it. still has tremendous grief and trauma. So the best thing is to talk to someone and you can actually do that with us. Uh, you can reach out to us at hope at prolifeman.org or visit our Fort Hope website, prolifeman.org slash Fort Hope. 
And let me ask, what is Fort Hope? Because that's that's an emblem that you display proudly. What is that? Yeah, absolutely. Good question. So Fort Hope is our initiative that we launched in January of this year to help provide uh, healing and, and help for men grieving abortion. And so what we do right now, men can either fill out a form on our website to reach out to us, or they can email that email address that I already mentioned, and then get in contact with us. And at that point, we'll establish a relationship with them and start talking to them and, and hopefully meeting with them on video conferencing. And we will walk them through this multi-step program uh, to uh, introduce them to healing, to bring them through a healing process. And it's, it's gospel-based and, and Christ-centered. Um, that's one thing when we were developing Fort Hope. Um, you know, Pro-Life Man has more of a secular front to it and not a, not a Christian front to it. But with Fort Hope, we thought, well, how can we heal men uh, without Jesus Christ? I don't, I don't know how to bring healing to anyone without the gospel being involved in that healing. So we walk them through this process. And the, the key to Fort Hope is um, there are some other post-abortion healing um, options for men out there. Most of them involve the 8, 10, or 12-week Bible study. And, and nothing against those programs at all. I know the leaders of most of those programs, and they're wonderful, wonderful people with huge hearts. But what we found is men who tend to be providers for their families tend to be too busy to be able to commit to an eight, 10, or even 12-week um, Bible study course. And so we've narrowed our, our um, material down to ideally about three weeks. But even if, if, if in one contact with the man, if we, we kind of discern and we sense that maybe we're not going to hear from him again, then we'll try to get through as much of that material and as much of that counseling uh, just in that one phone conversation or that one Zoom call. Because again, we want these men healed and sure it'd be great to hang out with them for 10, 12 weeks or even longer to really get that sustained healing. Um, but this might be the, our only chance to speak to them. And so we're going to try and get as much of that healing done in that one session if we can. That's terrific. Now, how can men assist other men who are grieving the loss of a child to abortion? Yeah, great question. So just like I said in your previous question, um, for men to speak up, and I, and I would say that again as an answer to this question, um, we know that when we're in grief and when we're suffering, we often feel like we're completely alone. And the enemy likes to reinforce that, that no one else is going through this. Sure, maybe other men have aborted children, but they're not feeling grief. There's no way, right? Society and news media tells us that there is no grief to abortion. It's just like removing a cyst or something silly like that. And so men are left led to believe that they are an oddity. They are, um, you know, a unique person, a pariah that no other men experience grief and, and, and loss when, when they lose a child to abortion. And so the best thing that you can do as a post-abortive man that's re already received healing um, is to speak out on your, on your own um, because there are other men out there. And so arrange for events, whether it's at your church uh, or, or some other types of events to, to share your testimony, to, to share about your abortion, share your abortion story and the healing that you've had on the other side of that. That's dramatically powerful uh, to share your story. And you will start to see other men will be approaching you um, that have similar stories and, and are currently suffering. It's like a circle of healing. Yes. Yes. So, uh, book of revelation, it says, and they defeated the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And so whether it's abortion or another topic, the word of your testimony defeats the enemy in other people's lives. How do you respond to those who claim that men should not have a voice in the discussion of abortion? 
Yeah, I have a really short and simple answer for this. And that is what is abortion? What is abortion doing? And the reality is every successful abortion kills a human life, kills a, a human being, kills a son or a daughter. And because, and it's, it's also an innocent and defenseless human being. And so I think men have an obligation and even a moral duty to speak up, to stand up when any human being, any innocent and defenseless human being is being unjustly killed. And that of course includes the children in the womb during an abortion. So people can say, oh, this is my body or this is my plantation or this is my country or whatever. But in the end, as human beings, we have more obligations to stand up for the weak um, and to defend the voiceless. To what extent are partner issues a cause of abortion? Uh, so a clarifying question, what do you mean by partner issues? I mean, um, a, a woman has uh, some sort of difficulty with her partner, and that's why she seeks the abortion. Yeah, so the data shows that that's, you know, basically a non-existent reason. Um, CareNet did a wonderful study of a thousand men uh, that had an aborted child in their life. And this um, question was sort of answered because they said, you know, what are what were the circumstances between you and the woman that had the abortion? And 94% of that, or sorry, 92% of them uh, were either married, living with the girl, or they were actively dating, they're actively seeing each other. Only 8% said that they were no longer uh, seeing the woman or they are no longer with the woman. So by that data alone, only 8% of women would use, you know, oh, I'm no longer with my partner as an excuse uh, to get an abortion. The other 92%, you know, come up with other reasons that's not, you know, partner issues. Now of those 92% of women that are with men, some of those men, of course, did pressure, coerce, or force the abortion, uh, which is a horrible thing. Um, but, you know, having issues of your partner, you know, having already left you or whatever is, is really a low statistical number. I imagine that your interaction with men runs the gamut. I mean, there might have been some men who were for the abortion and actively pushed for the abortion. There might have been some men who said to the woman, I'll support you either way, no matter what you decide. And then there might have been other men who were against the abortion from the start. Do you, do you find that to be the case? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and in fact, the men that reach out to us for Fort Hope, we really find it to be about a 50-50 split. Um, so about half the men that reach out to us, they were against the abortion. Uh, in many circumstances, they even begged the girlfriend or wife to not have the abortion or even offered to, you know, sign away her rights. And so she doesn't have any responsibilities of the child and he'll, he'll raise the child completely on his own. Um, and then the other half of men actually, you know, encouraged the abortion or they were a part of the abortion decision and some even forced or coerced or threatened the woman uh, in order to have the abortion. Um, and speaking of that, for Fort Hope, we actually have an, a non-judgmental approach to those men. And no matter which, which side you, you fall on, uh, you still need healing and you still need the gospel. Um, but yeah, so we, we get men that of course love us and love our mission. And of course we get men that are against us and, and against our mission. Um, in this CareNet study, actually, so 42% of men either suggested or strongly encouraged the woman to have an abortion, and only about 27% suggested that she not have an abortion or strongly asked her not to. And so uh, you look at that statistic and you say, oh, no, that's kind of depressing. 42% said do it, 
and you know, 20, 26, 27% said don't do it. But one telling uh, number here in the statistic is 31% of the men gave her no advice when it came to the abortion. And we think, I think that 31% falls on the didn't want the abortion side. Um, because think about it, if they truly didn't want to have the child, then there's more for them to lose by staying silent and not giving her any advice. And so really we feel that these 31% probably wanted to be fathers, probably wanted to keep uh, the baby, but just felt like they couldn't have a voice, you know, her body, her choice mantra that we hear all the time. So now you add the 31 to the 26%. Now we're at 57% of men didn't want the abortion versus 42% of men did want the abortion. That is very interesting information to be sure. Now, do you have any success stories from Pro-Life Man or are you still searching for those success stories? Yeah, we, we have a few. Now, unfortunately, kind of like I mentioned before, how men don't want to commit to, uh, you know, multi-week Bible studies and multi-week healing. Um, unfortunately, the vast majority of the men that have reached out to us thus far, we've only had one contact with them, and there's been no further contact, even though we continue to reach out to them. Um, but I'm actually currently filming a couple success stories right now that we'll be producing and, and releasing soon um, that are, you know, will really uh, tug at your heartstrings. And it's, it's a beautiful thing when men or women find healing post-abortion because, um, you know, it's, it's not like losing a toenail or, or getting a splinter in your finger. It's a very traumatic event in your life, uh, even for the men. And so if you have a success story and you want to get your success story out there, we uh, encourage you to reach out to us and we'll help get your story out there. Because the biggest battle with this that we see is the lack of awareness that this is a problem for men. You know, I, I've been on many podcasts like your own and, and spoken to pregnancy centers and stuff. And they say, wow, Andy, you know, you are actually the first person to put this even on my radar. The fact that men need healing from abortion has never even been a thought uh, of mine. And now I realize that, you know, this is an actual thing and it is a need for these men. Andy Griffith, thank you so very much. Now, how can people learn more about Pro-Life Man? We just have a, a few seconds here. Yeah, absolutely. Best way is our website, prolifeman.org. That's all one word, no dashes or hyphens, or facebook.com slash prolifeman. So we've been speaking with Andy Griffith of Pro-Life Man. Andy founded Pro-Life Man in 2018 to engage men in the abortion discussion, to encourage men to be a voice for the voiceless, to call men to stand up for the weak and to be a resource for men grieving the loss of an unborn child. Andy, thank you so much for all of your work. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Positively Pro-Life is made possible through the generous support of the members of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation all across the Commonwealth. The Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation is the largest single-issue pro-life organization in the Keystone State, with more than 40 local county-based chapters. We shine a spotlight on the most vulnerable individuals from the very dawn of life to the twilight of life. To learn more about the inspiring work of the Federation, please visit our website at paprolife.org. You can also find us on all major social media. Just look for PA Pro-Life. My thanks to Bonnie Finnerty, even though she's away this week, and for you, the listeners who inspire us each week. Thank you for joining us for the program today. It wouldn't be the same without you. We are grateful for your continuing support and encouragement. And remember, there's always a reason to choose life. 
See you next time.